0: Welcome back to another episode of Hard Feelings, a mental health podcast, the podcast where we talk about things like anxiety, depression, other mental health struggles, aka hard feelings. I'm so 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 happy to have you back here today. I can barely get the words out. So last week's episode We talked about social anxiety I shared my experience of going to a networking event and how I literally was fighting for my life that day Trying to get over my social anxiety. I didn't get over it. I just got through it, baby So if that sounds interesting to you definitely give that episode a listen if you haven't yet after this one Of course, and if you think my graphic liner looks really cute. Thank you so much much. That was super sweet of you. If you are just listening, though, and you are not seeing, so therefore you don't think my graphic liner is super cute because you don't see it to be able to even have a thought about it, head on over to YouTube or my Instagram account so you can see some more bold makeup and (laughs) mental health content. I'm so scrambled today. Oh my goodness. But let's get into this week's episode because I'm talking about social anxiety again, but I want to talk about it through a bit of a different lens. My therapist and I have been really going in on the social anxiety topic lately, and I love it, and I love to see it because it's what I deal with constantly. So the title I have for today's episode, which will probably not end up being the actual title of the episode, but what I've written down for myself is giving yourself permission to be antisocial. That is what I want to talk to you about today, and if I'm being completely honest with you, this episode was inspired by an episode of Gilmore Girls. I'm currently doing a rewatch in anticipation of the fall season, and there's an episode which, season two spoilers ahead if you haven't seen it in the last 20 years since it came out, I'll be vague about it. So there's an episode where Rory gets recruited by like a sorority which she's basically forced to join. So her guidance counselor and principal think that she's not being social enough so they basically force her to be social and she ends up joining this whole sorority thing and it's a whole mess and they end up like breaking into the school and getting in trouble and she's so frustrated because she's like, you're the ones who who forced me to be social, and now I'm getting in trouble because I fell in with a group that I didn't actually like. And that really hit me because they forced her to be social when she did not want to be social in that moment. She got in trouble because she liked to read and listen to music at lunchtime, and they thought she should be socializing more. That just like really made me feel very empowered, and it reminded me of stuff that I've talked about in therapy where my therapist has told me, like if you are not enjoying a social situation, you don't have to force yourself through it. If you're not enjoying it, don't do it, you know? And that's- that sounds very vague. I promise I'll get into more of what I mean by that. But yeah, that is the topic of today's podcast, we're talking about being antisocial and proud, so if that sounds of interest to you, keep on listening because we're getting into it right now. The word antisocial itself just has such a negative connotation, right? You hear the word antisocial and you think weird, standoffish, rude maybe, somebody who thinks they're better than everyone else and that's why they're not socializing. One. Those are all projections. That's not guaranteed why that person is not doing that. That person might just be incredibly socially anxious and is like fighting a war in their head and it's making their face look angry when in reality they're really just mad at themselves because they're so stressed out from the social anxiety. But I have recently come around to the idea that it is okay to not want to socialize all the time. I think that we get a lot of pressure put on us from the people around us who are maybe more social than us. You know, everyone has a different Social battery everyone has a different amount of time that feels good to be socializing for some people It's like two minutes for some people. It's it's days They could go days of hanging out with different people and just constantly going from one thing to the other And that makes them feel great But that doesn't make them any better of a person than the person with a smaller social battery You know and I think as a society We often put pressure on people to have bigger social batteries and to say that it's not fulfilling your life is not fulfilled if you don't Don't constantly go around doing different things, traveling the world, being with different people, and like, I'm not saying don't travel if you don't want to, but like there's a lot of pressure on us to be social. And I know myself, I put this pressure on myself to be what I call the cool spontaneous girl. I I sometimes try to cosplay as her, I never do it very successfully, but the cool spontaneous girl is Down for anything. You can invite her to drinks and tell her it'll probably be a couple hours and she won't care if it goes on for four or five. Hours, She won't care if you want to change the location at the last minute She won't care if you want to go out to eat afterwards and get on the train and travel and do all these things She's just down for whatever man. I'm so not her though. Oh my gosh I'm so unbearably not the cool spontaneous girl I am the give me a detailed plan of exactly what we're doing girl I am the make sure we are home before 9 p.m. Girl like I do not want to be spontaneous in that way. And that doesn't mean I can't still be spontaneous in some ways, you know? Hey, if I'm walking down the street and a new ice cream place has just opened up, I'm gonna pop in and go try some. Like, that's spontaneity, baby, still, okay? (laughs) Like, but I just don't like to be spontaneous when it involves a long social interaction. Like, if I'm going out already putting myself outside of my comfort zone, you know, like, my home is my comfort zone, my neighborhood is my comfort zone. If I'm already stepping outside of my comfort zone, I don't want that to be extended, you know, and I think that's okay and that's something me and my therapist have been discussing a lot where it's okay to set expectations with people. It's okay to set limits with people. So let's say you get invited out by some friends to go out for drinks and your social anxiety is telling you like, no, I don't want to, I'm gonna be awkward, I'm not gonna know what to say, but you really feel like for whatever reason, you wanna go anyways. You know, maybe it's somebody's birthday. Maybe you just like feel obligated. One, always respect your mental health. You know, like if you can't, you can't, but if if you really feel like you have to, set expectations, say, okay, I'm gonna go, but I'm only gonna stay for an hour. That's fine. You don't need to feel like you need to put on this cool spontaneous girl cosplay every time you go out. I do that to myself sometimes where I, will sometimes only set the expectations in my head, where I'll decide, like, oh, okay, I'm gonna stay for an hour, but I won't tell anyone, and then I'll be there, and then I'll feel bad, and then I'll feel guilty, like, I can't because I didn't set up the expectation beforehand. So that's something I need to actively work on, is really just, like, sticking to my boundaries, you know? No one's gonna be mad at you. If you say, oh, I can only stay an hour, and if they are mad at you, tell them to stick a sock in it, you know? Like, is that something people say when they want you to be quiet? I don't remember, it it sounded right, didn't it? Um, But yeah, like, you gotta hold those boundaries with people. And you know what? Maybe you get there and you are having a lot of fun and you feel like, okay, my social battery is a little bit longer tonight. No one's gonna notice if you don't leave after an hour. And if they do, you just say like, oh, that's okay. I can be a little late gives you more street cred, makes you look even more cool if you tell them you're gonna be fashionably late to your next thing you're going to. You're a jet-setting person. You have many, many events that you've been invited to. I just keep creating new characters for myself to play. And that's kind of a tough thing about having social anxiety, is I often feel like when I'm going out and socializing, I'm like putting on a character, you know? I mentioned the cool spontaneous girl character, the jet-setting character who has all of these places to go, but who am I actually when I'm going out? If I was truly being myself, I I would probably just be like, okay, yeah, this has been great for like a half hour maybe, and now I wanna go home. And that's just the reality, and I think I felt guilty about that for so long, feeling like what's wrong with me, that I see all of these people on social media, my friends, people who I know, people who I don't know, people on Facebook, people I went to high school with, people I went to college with, going out in large groups, doing really fun things, going out, to dinner, then going out to drinks, then going to a club, getting home at 3 in the morning, and that's... It's just really never been for me. Even in college, like when that was like much more of a normal thing and that was just kind of expected. I didn't have fun. And oh my gosh, anytime after 11 p.m., I was like, I so badly just want to go to Taco Bell and go home. And I'm not trying to shame anyone who does like doing that. That's the thing that I mentioned earlier, and that's something my therapist has really been trying to like set with me: is that all of us have different social batteries, and having a lower social battery is not wrong having a higher social battery does not give you superiority. Not everyone values their alone time as much as some people do, and I feel like those of us with anxiety, we value our alone time. You know, I'm not projecting that onto you. You might not value your alone time, but for me, I need having a low social battery. I need that time to recharge so I can do it again. If I push myself and keep trying to extend my battery life, running on empty, you know, trying to run on solar power, but the sun went down. like I'm just gonna burn myself out and I, I do that to myself sometimes and then I find myself sleeping so much the next day oh my gosh and sometimes even multiple days after that it just takes me so long to recover when I push myself past the point of burnout and I don't want that for me, I don't want that for you, and I really feel like the best thing we can do for ourselves is just setting those limits, like evaluating for yourself. Something my friend Harley's been talking about a lot lately is the spoon theory, like how many spoons you have in a day. At the Harley Jordan, definitely check her out on Instagram. She is wonderful. I will put her name in the show notes, but so she's been talking about the spoon theory, which basically is the idea that you only have so many spoons every single day, and every activity or task you do takes a certain amount of spoons. And it's gonna be different for person to person. For some people, going out for drinks with friends only takes them one spoon. It's very low effort, it's fun, it's enjoyable. It might not even cost them a spoon at all. But for me, that would be a few spoons. Like that would take a lot more energy for me. Certain people can call people up on the phone and FaceTime and talk for three hours and that takes them one spoon because it's fun for me, that would take quite a few spoons, (laughs) again, you know? So we all have different amount of things that take our spoons. But then for someone else, you know, to to give an opposing example, for someone else, doing their makeup, the whole getting ready part of going out, doing their hair and makeup and picking an outfit and everything, might take them a few spoons, whereas for me, That Probably only cost me one because that is relaxing to me. It's fun. I enjoy spending a lot of time Focusing on doing intricate makeup looks and picking different outfits I like to try different things on trying like 40 pairs of earrings on before I decide which funky pair I'm gonna wear and picking what perfume I want to wear like that's all really fun for me You know, so it just goes to show you like we all have different things we want to put our energy into. You know, I think that's really what it is. I think using the term of like having a low social battery versus high social battery, even though I keep saying there is no hierarchy, like you are no better for having a higher social battery, you know, just the term alone of having lower versus higher obviously implies hierarchy. So I think it's more so that we all have the same total battery maybe, Oh, but that's not even true because there are some people that have chronic illness that ha- are like taking their energy out too. Oh, well, I guess, okay, here's, I'm figuring this out in real time. I hope you're enjoying this long rant, but so we all have the same battery, but we all use that battery's energy through different things. And for some people, they can afford to use a lot of their battery's energy towards socializing, whereas for other people, so much of their energy is going towards and their, their chronic illness they're fighting, their mental illness that they're fighting, anxiety, needing to recharge, or just to things that bring them joy that don't involve socializing, like sitting here doing my makeup, reading. Some people love to just spend all their time reading freaking Rory from Gilmore Girls. Just wanted to read books and listen to her Walkman during lunch. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, you know? Don't think of it like you have a teeny tiny battery and everybody else has a big battery. We've all got the same battery, but we're all choosing to use that battery. on Different things. There's spoons inside the battery. It's an enormous battery filled with spoons. I hope this makes sense. (laughs) Okay, so that's all I have to say about social anxiety this week. I could talk about social anxiety every week, honestly. It's just something I'm learning more about. I've always known that I've had it, but I've always viewed it in a negative way. I've always viewed it as a negative about myself, which is not fair to myself because it's literally the way my brain is wired, you know? Like I said, we don't need to get over anxiety, we need to get through anxiety, okay? And you don't always need to put yourself into anxious situations, you know? Obviously, there's such a thing as exposure therapy, doing things that scare you, and I'm all for that, but not all the time, you know? Like, I went to that networking event last week, that'll probably... Be the only one i go to for the next couple months like because i need the recharging time if i'm doing it every week then i have to go through the whole process of being anxious every week and that's just so draining you know i definitely don't think that you should never do things that scare you i think that's good for us i think it helps us grow but also be kind to yourself and put your mental health first always. All right, who's ready for my mental health tip of the week? I have a good one this week. And I feel like I've I've mentioned dancing before, and please please don't click out of this podcast. Please please stay. Don't be turned off by the word dancing. Hear me out, okay? I took dance lessons all growing up and everything, and I feel like that is how I maintained my mental well-being as a kid. Like even if not realizing that I was doing it consciously, Movement makes me feel so good. It gives me so many endorphins, and dancing is my favorite way to move. And over the last couple years, I've been doing these dance workouts from Mad Fit. I will link her down below. She's Maddie from Mad Fit is absolutely wonderful, and she does these dance party workouts. But she also does like individual songs. So if you're not looking to hop into a whole like 15, 20 minute dance party, that's totally fine. She does songs. Some of them are only two and a half minutes, you know? The trick is to stop viewing movement and exercise as strictly a fitness thing. A way to get ripped, a way to get in shape, or to lose weight, or to do, like, for it to be for, I don't want to say superficial purpose because I don't think people who want to get abs are superficial, like, that's fine, go off. But you don't always need to view movement as a fitness journey, you know? I view my movement as being good for my mental health. I notice the days where I don't get any movement and I just feel pent up. I feel like I have all this energy in and I gotta shake it out. And you know, that's why I really like Mad Fits dance workouts in particular, because if you're not a dancer, you're fine. You can still do these. A lot of the videos are really just movement to music, you know, so you can absolutely still participate, even if you don't have a dance background like I do. If you're not watching, I am doing little salsa moves for you right now. I don't have salsa experience. I took jazz and ballet and tap. But (laughs) no salsa. But yeah, I am going to link some of my favorite mad fit dance workouts down below. She's got many, many Taylor Swift ones. She's got a Harry Styles one. She's got One Direction ones. She's got Dua Lipa. She's got Ariana Grande. She's got so many freaking fun ones. It's just an absolute blast. It's giving me so much joy. I'm getting so amped up just talking about it. I want to go do a mad fit dance workout right now. All right, and that brings us to our mental health song of the week, and I finally have a song for you that isn't by Lucy Dakin. Everybody, please applaud me. I can't help it. I just love her so much. I've still been listening to her constantly, but I do have a new artist today. She's not a new artist. I have an Olivia Rodrigo song for you. It's from Sour. It's the song Enough For You, and it's healed my inner child, if I'm being completely honest with you, because I had a moment where I was like, why am I listening to this album written by, like, an 18-year-old girl? Like, I I have so many judgments about my 18-year-old self. I have regrets, I have things I wish I did differently, red flags that I ignored, and I was projecting all of that onto the lovely 18 year old Olivia Rodrigo. She's 20 now, but you get it. Sour was written when she was 18. And so I said, okay, let me just listen to this album without judgment and just listen to the words itself and not even think about the age that she wrote this. And I literally found myself sobbing at this song. It is so beautiful. You know, the whole song she talks about, like, she did all of these things to change herself to be enough for this person, but she was never enough. She was never enough no matter what she did. And, you know, for a lot of the songs she talks down on herself. Maybe I'm just not as interesting as the girls you had before. But, God, you couldn't have cared less about someone who loved you more! Ugh, devastating! I'd say you broke my heart, but you broke much more than that. Now, I don't want your sympathy, I just want myself back. How relatable is that? Even if you don't relate to it from, like, a relationship perspective, I think from a people-pleasing perspective, it hits really hard because I can't tell you the amount of times I've had an identity crisis throughout this year being like, who am I? I literally don't know who I am. If I strip away all of the people-pleasing, if I strip away all of the cosplaying as somebody else in order to fit an exact situation, I I don't know. I really don't know. I'm trying to figure it out, but I I really do relate to the sentiment of all I ever wanted was to be enough for you, and you know, that you can be a bunch of different people, that you can be whoever I'm talking to, whoever I'm in a situation with at the time, so... I just think that song is really beautiful. It's really cathartic to listen to as someone who is now 10 years separated from being 18. I'm 28, and for those of you who don't want to do the math, um, yeah. Very healing, very beautiful song. All right, you guys, that is a wrap on this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to me giving you, giving myself permission to be a little more antisocial and to put our mental health first always and to not feel bad about having a different battery than other people. You know, we have to do what's best for us. What's that saying people say? If you don't fill your own cup, you can't pour into others. You know, as someone who is like, like I've said a million times, a people pleaser to my core and I like helping people. I really like doing good things for other people. It's fulfilling for me but I can't pour from an empty cup. I can't pour from a place of burnout. I can't help from a place of burnout, so I need to prioritize my own mental health and give myself to recharge so that I can pour from a full cup, so I hope that hits with you. It's really been hitting with me lately, and I hoped you liked this week's episode. Definitely subscribe, follow. I forget what the different buttons are on the different places. If you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, do me a favor and rate and review the podcast and feel free to let me know what you want to hear about next in your review. I don't know how else you can communicate with me if you only follow me through Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Come over to Instagram, though. Shoot me a DM. I'd love to chat with you. Come over to YouTube. Leave me a comment. I think the YouTube videos are fun because you can see my facial expressions and as someone who has extreme social anxiety, I would love for you to see my facial expressions so you can know that I'm being sweet and you can know that I mean all of this with love and affection. Another word for love. Um, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not giving you medical advice. Please talk to a therapist or a psychiatrist if you are looking for what's best for you in your mental health journey, but I just hope that sharing mine helps give you some inspiration to take that next step in your mental health journey, you know? We don't have to feel sad forever. You know, there is hope. I, I had a lot of dark moments uh, over the past couple of years, especially since 2020 pandemic stuff. hit hit me hard for sure, um, but I've also had a lot of lovely moments, and I've had a lot of self-discovery along my mental health journey, and I want that same thing for you. Ugh, look at me rambling at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for watching, and I will see you next Friday with a new episode. Bye! Take care of yourself!